0: maybe your fourth time this year I don't know but welcome and God bless you and um, we're just so excited about again the dedication that happened today what God's doing in families aren't you glad for what God's doing in families amen how many have seen God move in your family amen God's done a miracle in your family and and that's his heart and so that's what our church is about we love that and and uh, but we're also about the word so we want to take some time to really minister today the word of course I'm wearing my youth group church merch today. Uh, This is kind of a youth-focused Sunday. Um, Of course, getting back to school, all the kids are excited about that. And uh, you know how they're just, you know, whatever. Years ago, we used to have youth group on Sunday night. We used to do a youth church on Sunday night. And it's amazing how many kids get zapped with the the, uh, kind of that you know, I want to say the anointing of homework, but just that spirit of homework comes on them. I can't go to church. I got homework. And uh, if, you, if your kids are like our kids, it was almost like Sunday night at 10 o'clock. Hey, Mom, I need my uniform washed. Or, hey, I got this project due. How many of you remember those days, right? Or you're still there. Or, maybe, or you're not you you're not quite there, but you will be there. And, uh, yeah, so anyways, we we remember those days. but uh, So we just are excited about what the Lord's doing because... One of the things is that you look around and you see um, this culture, this generation, some people get discouraged, get frustrated, get hopeless, amen. And, you know, one of the things is that we need to have is a heart of compassion. When you see some of these things that are going on with young people and people that are just, like, really so lost, I feel like our heart needs to go out. Come on, our heart needs to go out to them who don't know the Lord. You know, Jesus, when he was on the cross... Uh, really prayed for the Roman soldiers, didn't he? And he said something, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And some of us get frustrated. We think, oh, people are just mocking God and making, you know, and they're rebellious towards God and everything. And some of our, our heart just needs to kind of be softened a little bit towards this generation and says, you know what? They don't know. What They're doing, but how many know that when the gospel comes, they find truth, amen. How many have found truth, amen, through the gospel and light, amen. The glorious light, as Paul said, amen. But one of the things I was thinking about uh, this morning is there's an old saying that says that young people or children need to be seen and not heard. But how many know in the Bible times that's not the case. How many know in the church that's not the case? Amen. Young people have a voice. Amen. Children have a voice. And so uh, we don't just shove our kids away or out of the way, get them out of the way. We adults need to get to our stuff. Amen. They're part of the church. Amen. They're part of, Amen. How many know we're not just inviting them to the party? We're getting them a seat at the table. Amen. And so as young people, one of the things we focus on in this church and children's ministry is we really want to put prioritize children's ministry and youth. Why? Because they're not just the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. Anybody believe that? And so we believe that with all our heart. And so I do believe that they have a voice. Amen. How many know the, the enemy is working overtime to silence their voice? Amen. Working overtime to n- not even let them have a voice. Amen. To get to them before they even have a voice, Amen. But how many know God's raising up an army of young people that will are going to declare the goodness of the Lord, Amen. Going to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I know the devil would love to see young people uh, stay ignorant, immature, and into themselves. But God has greater plans, Amen. God's got greater things in store for young people, Amen. I like what uh, the Lord spoke to Daniel, and as he was even a young man at the time, he, the, you know, the Lord spoke and said, "Look, the wicked." Are going to do what they're going to do but those that know their God are going to be strong and do exploits amen and how many know our young people can know God at a young age they can find out his purpose for them get a hold of God get uh, on fire for the Lord and really and just really passionate about the things of God at a young age how many believe that Amen. There used to be a kind of a, an idea that was rolling around back in my day that teenagers are supposed to be rebellious, right? They're not expected to come to church and pray and love God, you know, and, and uh, we'll just let them do their thing. And then when they get older, somehow they'll come back to church. I mean, that's not how it goes. <laughs> it doesn't how it goes. And if you believe that, good luck with that, Right. But, I mean, uh, we believe that, amen, even uh, an example of Jesus, who was so passionate about the will of God for his life at a young age, amen, they can get a hold of God at a young age, amen, and they can, they can serve God. They don't have to go through a rebellious stage. They don't have to go through this time of living for the world and then somehow I'll come back to Jesus, amen. How many know God wants to fill him at a young age? Anybody? God wants to do something amazing at a young age. And so I want to just focus on that. This morning, I know that in the world we kind of have a lot of age groups, right? We have, you know, babies and toddlers and children and tweens and teens and young adults and adults and old people. I mean, we've got all kinds of age groups. You know, the Bible only really has three Really, it really only has three. It has, you know, the, the children, it has youth and adults. That's really about it. And uh, how many of you know the children are discovering? We're, we're teaching our children to discover God and discover the things of God. And young people need to be developed and trained and developed. Amen. And, and then adults need to be deployed in the, in the things of the Lord. Amen. We've got to get busy with the things of the Lord. And so we believe that here in our church. Amen. And we also believe that it's not just about reaching this generation and not about just reaching the next generation, but as the Bible teaches us, it's about reaching generations, multiple generations, many generations at one time. How many believe that, amen? It just doesn't stop here, it goes and goes and goes and goes, and God's covenant and promise is for generation after generation, amen. Three times in the Old Testament he said, amen, that my promises are for a thousand generations, amen. I like that one, amen, because that covers me and you, amen. And so how many believe God wants to pour out his spirit in this day, in this generation? Amen. Amen. We need to stop shaking our heads and say, man, what a, what a loser generation. We need to, amen, begin to lift our hands and say, God, what a winning generation. Amen. What a revival generation. What, a, what an awesome generation today. Amen. Two people. Awesome. I guess you have kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amen. Let me, let's read out of Joel chapter two today. Joel chapter 2. If you have your Bible or your device, just turn or click to Joel chapter 2. I'm just going to read a few verses, and then we're going to pray. I I just wanted to share this morning, um, if I can title this message to simply blow the trumpet. Just blow the trumpet. I believe that this is for the young people today. Joel chapter 2, very um, tremendous um, chapter, really the whole chapter, And we'll kind of go through it today, so you don't have to move much in your Bible. Just stay right there. But it says in verse 1, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Zion represents the church, your people of God. Sound an alarm on my holy hill or mountain. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, and it is close at hand. Verse 18, Then the Lord saw that people repented, and when the message came forth, you know, they repented, and the Bible says he was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. And then in verse 19, the Lord replied and told him, he said, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, even enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. In verse 28, and after that, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. And even on my servants and both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Verse 32, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on the mountain Zion and Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. There will always be deliverance, one translation says, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord And we see in Acts chapter 2 that Peter quoted these verses right here. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many believe that when Peter quoted this, amen, on the day of Pentecost, amen, that had to mean that there were some young people in the crowd. Amen. How many know in Joel chapter 2, he said, this is going to happen. This, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 38, right? This is it. We're seeing it right here play out. And Peter even uh, said, this is, this is that. This is, we're here. We're right here. And so if, if in Joel chapter 2, if the Lord said that he was going to pour out his spirit on the young people, then that means that the day of Pentecost, the young people were right there receiving the Holy Ghost, getting the fire of God with Grandpa. Amen. They were right there with their parents. They were right there, Amen, receiving the promise of God on the day of Pentecost. Amen? How many of you know God's still pouring in his spirit on young people? Amen. God's still pouring out his spirit. Amen. On all flesh. Amen. And I believe that God is continuing to raise up an army of people who will know their God, have a, a passion for his mission. And on Thursday, the other day, we preached to the young people that it was time to wake up, it's time to hear the sound, and it's time to lift your voice. And you know that goes for old people too. Come on, that goes for old people too. How many know it's time to wake up? It's time to hear the sound, and it's time to lift our voice, amen, in this generation, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for such a wonderful day. Lord, just a day of celebration, a day just of worship. Lord, we thank you so much that, Lord, what you're doing in this generation is amazing. Help us see it and hear it and know it, Lord. Help us not see with eyes of discouragement or dis- uh, kind of a, a, a frustration or anger or hopelessness, but Lord, help us see what you see in this generation. Lord, I pray for the young people today that, Lord, there's going to be a spark, the igniting of God in their lives like never before before, that the call of God, the things of God, the mission of God will be ignited in their spirit today like never before. We just thank you for it, and in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. What we'd like to do at the end of the service, we'd love to pray for all the young people. I forgot to mention that. So if you're a young person, you just need to stay in your seat for a while. Then we're going to pray for you. Amen. But you know, one of the things is that we talk about this verse and talk about blowing the trumpet in Zion. And we look at these verses and what, what Joel was prophesying about. It was a generational movement. It was a movement not just with the older saints. It wasn't just the prophets speaking and being moved on. Amen. It was now a generational movement. Now it was something that, and describes the church, and we talked a few weeks about this, that describes what the church looks like. It isn't just about a bunch of older people that have been there forever, and they're the only ones that take the things of God serious. They're the only ones that have skin in the game. Amen. How many know it's about children serving the Lord? It's about adults serving the Lord. It's about generational blessings, amen. It's about us moving together as one army, as one man, the church of the Lord jesus christ amen i mean aren't you thankful that when you got saved as a kid and filled with the holy spirit it wasn't a little teenage holy spirit amen it was a full-blown full-grown holy ghost and fire amen amen and so the bible says that makes that clear but i believe that as i said earlier the youth are not just the church of tomorrow they're the church of today see if we don't invest in today there will probably not be a tomorrow how many know that If we just think that we can just kind of cruise through today and not have an investment in today, there probably won't be a tomorrow. The Bible says this about Joshua's generation in Judges, that there arose a generation that knew not the Lord after Joshua. Amen. How many know we've got work to do in this generation? Amen. And we got to keep, amen, teaching and training and mentoring and, and uh, uh, equipping, amen, this generation. Amen. And what it does is it, it just creates layers and layers of disciples for Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? And in the church, it creates a pipeline of leaders and ministers that are coming up constantly, new uh, generation coming up, serving the Lord, winning the lost, loving God. Amen. Amen. And so I believe that we've got to impart today. We've got to invest today or there'll be no tomorrow. And we really believe here in our church that young people are in that stage. They're in that stage of of, uh, really training and development, aren't they? Amen. I mean, today in our culture, we're asking kids what they want to be or what they like. or They don't even know. They need adults who know better, who know about life, who know God to tell them what life is all about. Amen. They're not gonna figure it out on their own, amen. Aren't you glad that, amen, you know, your kid doesn't, he's only eight and he can't see above the steering wheel, he doesn't drive, you just say, hey, he goes where he wants, amen. They may wanna drive, but they can't drive, amen. Gonna create a mess, but, um, you know, so I believe that young people are at that stage of getting ready, that's what we should be doing as parents, is preparing our children for life, amen. Children, preparing our children for what God has for them. Amen. Thank God for parents who really, at a young age, prepared me to hear God and know God and run after God at a young age. Amen. I really appreciate that. You know, this being football season, I had to really throw this uh, story out there. I've told it before and kind of a little corny little story, but being football season, right? So there's this game that happened between the big animals and the little animals. There's a football game, right? And so, of course, you know, the big animals were beating up on the little animals. By halftime, it was like 42 to nothing. And the little animals coach, you know, they went into the locker room, they're all discouraged and defeated and, He's just like, guys, do your best. I don't know what to tell you. Just do your best. Do your best. So the second half starts, and next thing you know, they give, it to, they give the ball to a centipede, right? And he just busts through the line. He knocks out a lion. He gets taken off in a cart off the field, knocks him out and he runs for a touchdown, oh my goodness. Next thing you know, put the centipede on defense, he gets an interception, runs right for a touchdown. Before you know it, this centipede has like six touchdowns, right? So the coach of the big animals is like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. He goes, where in the world was that centipede in the first half? He said he was in the locker putting his shoes on. (laughs) I mean, no, he was getting ready, amen? He wasn't playing yet, but he was getting ready, and so young people are kinda like that, amen? How many know, they're getting ready? Amen. And we want our young people to kind of be prepared and get ready because God loves this generation. Come on. God loves this generation. Some of you, you go into the store and you're like, you see multiple, multiple colors of hair. It's like some people have every color there is in the palette thing in their hair. It's like in these kids are like, they, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like they got so many piercings. Where do they breathe? Where are these breathing holes? They're all plugged up with all these things. You know, how many know you've you've done that, right? And you just kind of go, ooh, and you just shook your head, right? But guess what the older people did about you when you were that age? (laughs) Wow. I don't know about this generation, amen? And I believe that we need to see them in a different light, the way the Lord sees them. Amen. God never sees, amen, teenagers or young people or children, sometimes as they are, even though he loves them there, he always sees what they can be, what they will be. Amen. That's why it's important that we lead them in the path of the Lord and the righteousness because God's going to do something in their heart. Amen. God's going to develop, amen, things in their life. And we're really excited about that. But that's just the challenge of of parenting and mentoring is that we don't see it. We don't really see it. Um, My wife and I, youth ministers for for many years and I mean you know uh the other night I preached at youth and I was just reminded about that feeling you get up there in front of young people when they're just staring at you the whole time nobody's reading their open their bible nobody's like yeah this is a good message nobody's like that it's just right and then after the service you ask them like hey how'd you like the sermon what'd you think he's like I don't know yeah I guess how right? I many of you have had a conversation with your teenager? It was a real productive conversation. How, what'd you do today? Nothing. How's everything? Good, I guess. And sometimes you don't even get that. You just get a bunch of grunts, huh? right? Get that. And you're like, hey, this is the way we communicate, right? And so I, I forget about that. And then one of the things that my wife and I always talk about is like how many times these kids were in youth group and it was like we're just talking to them and talking to them and talking to them. We prayed for them, we, we tried to do everything. We're like, okay, these kids really aren't getting it, right? And then years later, we get this card. Thank you so much. You know, when I was in youth group, you know, God really changed my life. He, you know, every message, you I heard every message you preach. I was paying attention, taking notes. I was like, really? (laughs) But how many know that's the way it works? And we just got to continue to pour in and pour into this generation. Well, let me focus on the young people. One of the things we see is about, amen, not just God loving this generation, but you also know, amen, that the devil hates this generation. Amen. And, and, it's, and, and that's the thing, young people, you got to understand. Your battle is not amen, with parents or authority or this or that. It's with the devil. Amen. There is a satanic, amen, eternal satanic uh, mission and, and, and plan to destroy children and destroy the next generation. Amen. Before they know God, before they know who they are, amen, he wants to get to them. Think about Moses, at the time of Moses and Jesus to the, the greatest stories of genocide, terrible stories of genocide in the Bible. Amen. When when Moses was born and Jesus was born, the uh, you know, government had issued this decree that children under two years old had to be killed immediately. No questions asked, just slaughtered. In their home, maybe even in their bed, just slaughtered. And, and thousands and thousands, we don't even know, but I would imagine thousands of children, ma- males, were, were murdered and it was such a genocide, amen. And, but how How many know it's because the devil, amen, is looking for a deliverer? Amen. That's what it was about. Amen. Because both in Jesus' time and Moses' time, they said, there's a deliverer among these people, and we're going to snuff them out. We're going to kill this deliverer. How many know you can't kill a deliverer sent from the Lord? Amen. Amen. But just like in those days, I believe in this time, there is the spirit that's been released in this generation to kill the seed of the righteous. Amen. How many know that if the devil knows that if he can kill the deliverer, right, there'll be no deliverance? Is that right? Right. And it's still today that the enemy is just after looking. Amen. He knows that there's a deliverer in this generation. He knows that there's young people that are called by God to deliver this generation. Amen. To lead them to a place of freedom and repentance and glory. Come on, somebody. Amen. There is deliverers in this generation. So that's why, important, that's why it's important we pray and we do our part as a church and as a parents and as a community that we uphold, amen, righteousness and righteous standards, amen. And I, know, I want young people to know that, that, amen, this is the day you're living in. There, young people today, you're being faced with so many difficult situations. I mean... Children today, I believe, are put in, in, in a faster pace, put in adult situations more than ever before, but they don't make this, this, uh, adult decisions. They don't know how to make adult decisions and choices, but they're forced in these situations. Come on. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Some kids don't even get a chance to grow up. Some of these kids, their, their childhood is stolen away. They don't even get it. Now, it's like they're asking four-year-olds if they want to be what they want to be, a cat or an animal, what their sexual... They don't know. How many know kids shouldn't be talking about that stuff? They shouldn't even have to think about that, amen, right? Amen? And yet we live in a culture that's, amen, on the the way to destroy this uh, generation of deliverers, amen? But how many know there's a generation, an army arising, and even right now, in this church, in this city, in this nation, that's gonna blow the trumpet in Zion, they're gonna declare the word of the Lord, and they're gonna lead this generation in a mighty way, amen? I believe that with all my heart. I, I, refuse, to, I refuse to give in to, to the statistics and all the things that, well, you know, uh, the generation, the boomers were like this, and then Generation X was like this, and Gen Z, they're no good. They, I mean, it's got the lowest uh, church attendance rate. Hey, listen, I'm believing God for greater things. That goes beyond statistics. It goes beyond, amen, because God works in the heart of people, and God moves by his spirit on each generation, Amen. Amen. And so before it's all said and done, I'm looking for the greatest percentage of church attendance. I'm looking for the greatest, amen, the percentage of families, husbands and wives staying married until they die and our generation. Amen. I'm looking for the the lowest rate of crime, the lowest rate of suicide among teenagers. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to pray and believe God that God is going to do a work in this generation that they'll be, amen, the, the suicides are going to go on a decline. The, the, uh, you know, just a drug addiction among teenagers and children are going to come to nothing. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm believing God for a miracle. I'm not giving up on this generation because God's not giving up on this generation. Amen. Come on. God wants this generation for his army. That's what's so important, and so uh, what we see about this text. Let me go into this text a little bit, in Joel chapter 2. God says, I want this generation to rise up as my army. I'm bringing an army, and of course, there's a lot of prophetic tones in this chapter that, that I can't cover today, but I just want to look at one aspect of it. In Joel chapter 2, he describes the army of God coming. He describes the army of God like locusts. You know what locusts are? They're really big caterpillars that eat everything in sight. They're really bad, right? Locusts, and I guess recently somewhere in the world there was a huge swarm of them this last summer. And he describes the army of God coming and he says these are like locusts. Look in verse two. He said that it'll be a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. That simply means there's gonna be so much locusts that you can't, it's gonna block out the sun. That's what it means. And when you see a swarm, if you've ever seen those swarms, there's so much, you know, uh, uh, locusts and and they're just buzzing. I mean, millions and millions and millions of them. It's like you can't even see the sun anymore. That's what he's talking about. And then in verse three, in the uh, later part of verse 3 he says a great army a mighty swarm of locusts before them before them the land is a garden of eden after them it's a desert waste nothing escapes them i mean they eat everything he was like look these the the locusts come and he said this is what the army is going to do people are going to be afraid of them and they're just going to like have so much, such an impact in, in uh, wherever they go it's going to be crazy and then in the, he begins to talk about the army uh, of God like a locust, they're swarming together not just do they eat everything in sight and they're coming, but man, they swarm together in verse 7 he says they charge like warriors, they scale walls like soldiers, they all march in line not swerving from their course verse 8, they do not uh, 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 hurt each other, each marches straight ahead and plunge through defenses without breaking ranks, and he's saying this is what the army of God looks like. It's like this swarm that you're, it's like, it's terrifying. It's like you got to get out of the way because they'll just eat the shirt off your back. I mean, they're just going to take everything, right? And that's what he's saying. And it's like, in fact, they're not just these Creatures that come and these these beings that come and then just you know kind of like are all over the place they're very organized they're extremely unified they're they're in this this assembly in this company together that when they work together when they make their mind up to get together I mean they make an impact like nobody's ever seen you know what I mean I mean they, they when and he's saying this is what the army of God is like this is what the army and God's raising this army bringing them forward he's saying that they're coming and because the day of the Lord is coming and and, and they need to blow the trumpet. There's this, this, this uh, 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 kind of this warning that's going out, this signal that's going out to the people of God. Man, you need to blow the trumpet because there is an army arising and they're going to do great damage, right? They're going to be powerful. They're going to do things. But notice what he said is not just any army. They're the Lord's army. They're under his command. It's not like, you know, the army from the east is coming over, you know, you know one of those problems. It's like, I'm sending this army, they're my army. Verse 11, the Lord thunders at the head of this army, and he says he forces his forces are behind the number of this company. And his mighty army obeys his command. The day of the Lord is great and dreadful. Who can endure it? And, and notice also it, he's talking about this army that comes together that brings Zion together or the people of God together. It's just something that God is going to use. He's saying, again, in verse 15, he says it twice. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion. He said it again. I mean, when the Bible says something two or three times, it's strongly emphasizing that word, action, or deed. He's saying, look, blow the trumpet in Zion. I mean, make a sound in the church. You need to sound this alarm among God's people. Amen, right? He's saying, blow the trumpet. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly together. Get these people together. Gather the Christians together. Gather the people of God together. I love this in verse 16. He says, consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the youth. And even the babies. (laughs) Get the babies. Get them out of the pack and play. Bring them. Come on, everybody. And he even said this. He said, a a person that's getting ready to get married, a guy that's getting, getting ready to get married, he said, just put that on hold and you need to come too. So we're talking about people of all stages of life, all areas of life, all age groups gather together. Amen. How many know this is the army of the Lord? Amen. Gather together, the young and the old together, gathering together, making up the army of the Lord. One of the things we look right away, he says that we need to sound the alarm or they need to sound the alarm. That's blow the trumpet. And that really means kind of whenever the the trumpet was was blown, amen, it was a call for the people of God to, you got to pay attention to this. Like, this is a call to action. You know, how many know in prayer meetings, they would blow the horn sometimes to come and pray, come and fast. Everybody needs to get together. This is serious. Come on. How many have read those scriptures? You got it. We got to pray. In the feast, they would declare feast. Hey, it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to mourn or whatever it was. It was a time of the feast is starting, right? Amen. They would blow this trumpet. But also, of course, for battle, it was like, look, we've trained, we've prepared Uh, The enemy, we know where they are, and here we go. I mean, we're going in to fight, right, so to battle. And then also, it would be blown as a prophetic word went forth. Like, get people together. God's got something to say. And how many believe that in the church today, God's got something to say? And we've got to get together. I know that, you know, COVID happened and and it was what it was, amen? But how many know we've got to get together as the church? We've got to get together as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer, you know, just coming together, filling in a time slot, you know, just meeting that appointment on your weekly schedule, but coming together as the body of Christ. Coming together as those who love one another, care for one another, come on, who minister to one another. Oh, well, that's the pastor. No, that's everyone in the church. the body who he he takes care of itself come on somebody amen and how many know young people are part of that body they're not off to the side doing their own thing amen they're right there right in the middle part of the body and so we need to sound the alarm in isaiah chapter 58 in verse 1 it says you need to shout aloud don't hold back don't hold your peace raise your voice like a trumpet now, many of us look at this and we think, okay, we're gonna sound the alarm, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get on a pad- podcast, we're gonna condemn all the churches that don't preach like us, They're gonna, we're gonna condemn all the people that don't vote like us, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna come on, but how many know he's not talking about that? He's not talking about that we, that we get in this angry, frustrated, hateful, judgmental tone. He's like, no, we need to begin to move in grace and truth, amen. We need to begin to speak justice and righteousness. Come on, somebody, amen. We truth and justice together, This is what you need to do is you read Isaiah 58. You've got to lift your voice like a trumpet. And next month, we're going to have an opportunity to, to, to step out in faith and show our community that we're lifting our voice as a trumpet, the life chain. We're going to be standing on the street and praying for an hour for the unborn, amen, for the lives and the families and, the, and all those things. Come on, how many know we're going to lift our voice like a trumpet like never before, amen? We're going to do what we can do as the people of God, to lift our voice like a trumpet, to sound an alarm. And I believe in the church, many people think, well, an alarm, that's, you know, that's terrible, that's a warning, let's, let's, uh, let's head for cover. But that's not what the warning is. He, he's saying, look, we got something important to talk about. I'm gonna call you to attention. The army of God is coming. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fierce. You need to get ready. Amen? You need to get ready. So that's the kind of alarm he's sounding here, Amen. And number 2 you see that the instrument the the trumpet that was used and I believe that the trumpet is always expresses the word of God. It's always that word that is being declared. Amen. in a a very bold and dominant way. That's what the word trumpet means and is used for in that typology in the Old Testament. And how many know that we can say that the word that that God wants us to begin to declare in our generation is the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? Come on, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the life of God, amen, the salvation and deliverance and forgiveness that's in Jesus Christ. This is what our generation needs to hear. This is what these young people that need to hear today. They don't need to hear you need to get in the church they need to hear that jesus died for you loves you amen he wants to save you and deliver you come on somebody amen that instrument is the word of god this is what we're declaring to this generation we're not just giving you know what we think or our political views we're not doing that we're giving what the word of god declares i mean that's important to teach your kids amen teach your kids what the word of god says so this is what he's saying and then the third thing we see is that there's this tremendous gathering God wants to use this generation, God wants to use young people to gather the people of God together, not to divide the people, not to be like, okay, the teenagers got their thing and God's going to do this thing with them and then the adults are over here. No, God's going to use them to join the church together. Amen. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. And so young people, God is moving on you and God's moving in your generation that you'll be key into bringing the church together. You'll, you'll be key to, to be able to speak to the church or with the church and be that catalyst. How many young people have a great passion sometimes? Someone said in youth ministry that told me a long time ago, said young people are great. They have a lot of excitement, but no money, right? So I, I took that to heart as youth ministry, right? And that really was true to every word of that, amen. But you know, they're excited and they have that zeal. And how many know some of, some of us older people, we need that passion for God again. We need that zeal, amen, for life again. Come on. Amen. How many know young people have opportunity to give us? They can minister to the young th- their generation. They're there. We're not. Amen? Some of you are still like, you know, you still got the like, you know, senior haircut going on or whatever when you were senior and you still listen to those, you know, jams that you did when you're in 10th grade. But this generation, they can reach this generation, amen? They have that opportunity that I don't have. They have that moment. They're the missionaries to this generation. Amen? And so we want to use that. And we want to, amen, gather people together and say, okay, how can we really move together as a generational church and win the city for the Lord? How can we make an impact through the gospel in this generation? I believe the young people are key, amen. I believe they can help us, and they can help us when we gather together. But the Bible says that when the people of God gather together, it's like a swarm of locusts. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Amen? How many you know it's like that swarm of locusts? And so it speaks of that gathering and the God is gathering people together. And notice, again, what he said. I love this in Joel, at the very end of Joel too, He said that he's bringing all different age groups together in one place, with one heart, with one goal in mind, one mission in mind. And that's a generational church, isn't it? Amen. That God is bringing all the age groups together and and, and that all these different places of life coming together, amen, and making up the church and and fulfilling the mission together. I'm really excited about what the Lord wants to do in this church, amen, with all the generations. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the fourth thing I've noticed about this is that it makes it very clear that they're to communicate a message. One of the things about young people that we challenge them a lot, and I know Brother Michael does a lot, and the youth leaders do, is that you're to lift your voice in this generation. You're not to stay silent. You're not to stay silent about your faith. You're not to stay silent about, amen, uh, you know, God and, and, every, and how you know God. You're supposed to be able to tell people who Jesus is. I mean, how many believe that young people are some of the greatest evangelists? They can be some of the greatest evangelists, amen? And so... We always encourage them, but you've got to communicate a message. Young people, if you're listening here today, you, you've got to communicate a message. You say, well, I don't really know the message. Well, learn the message. Amen? Just, just get in and say, I've got to communicate a message to this generation. I've got to sound an alarm to this generation. Notice what he said, that the, the day of the Lord is coming. Now I, uh, J- Joel was talking about when Jesus comes. John the Baptist said the same thing. This is what they talked about. The prophets talked about. This was Jesus coming. But how many know? We know that Jesus, Amen, died, rose again, was ascended on the th- right and into heaven. And guess what? He's coming back. How many know that they look forward to the Messiah coming? We also look forward to Jesus coming back. Amen. And so he's saying this is the the message that we've got to get a hold of in our generation that look, Jesus is real. This thing's real. I don't care what anybody tells you and tries to lie to you about but Jesus is real and he's coming back. Amen? And we read the scripture in Ephesians in the youth meeting the other night. The Bible says that we need to redeem the time for the days are evil. You need to make full use of your time. As a young person, you shouldn't be wasting your time, wasting the breath that God's given you, wasting your days, amen? Because how many know there's a day coming where you're gonna have to work all the time? And you're going to have bills and taxes and this and this and this. And he says, and Ecclesiastes, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, you need to use your youth, amen, that time of youth to serve the Lord. Remember now the, your creator in the days of your youth because you're going to get old and it's going to get complicated. Amen? And so this is what he's saying. You have something to say. And notice what he's saying is that you need to blow the trumpet not just in the, in the world, we see that message, but into the church, there's a message that God wants you to speak to even the people of God. Like hey, we can do this thing. We can win this generation. We 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 can we can go down to the park and and we can we can see all my friends saved and and you can see my school saved. I mean, how many know there's a message that young people can talk to us about amen and so we need to communicate that message but obviously the message of the gospel to this world that message that Joel talked about and what Joel's message that that he was giving the people of God is that we've got to come together we've got to turn to the Lord wholeheartedly we've got to obey God at this time in this moment in our generation and then he makes it clear and then the Lord will bring a mighty deliverance In fact, he goes in and he said, and the Lord promises, I'm going to restore what the locust has eaten. (laughs) I brought the locust. It was my army that came. I allowed it to happen. But guess what? Now I'm going to restore what they ate. I'm going to make it better than what you had before. Amen. Where there's desert, I'm going to make it, amen, flourish again. How many know the Lord, amen, in our generation sometimes allows some of this stuff to go on, doesn't he? But how many know God's not going to allow this generation to go on broken? He's going to restore to them. Amen. Everything that they've lost, everything that the devil sold, everything that they have lost in their life, God's going to restore it to them. Amen. Amen. And then finally, they need to, as Joel was declaring this, he was making it clear, you've got to get busy. You've got to move in the mission. You've got to get busy for God. Amen. You've got to. You can't just sit around. You can't just wait. Amen. You can't just say, "Okay, uh, you know, the older generation. We experienced the Lord. We're the, you know, we know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." And, and then maybe our kids will find God some way. No, you need to get busy. Amen. Your family needs to get busy in the mission. The young people need to get busy in the mission. Come on, somebody. Old people need to get busy in the mission. Amen. We need to get busy in the mission. And that's what he's saying. We've got to move in the mission. Not only is the army of God coming and they're doing all these things, he said, man, they're going to take property. They're going to take land, amen, for the glory of God. And God's going to do a new thing in your day. I like what it says in verse 19 of Joel chapter 2. It said, the Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. And you will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God. I will repay you for the years the locust has eaten my great army, which I sent among you. So the Lord has a plan, doesn't he? Amen. How many believe that God's pouring out his grain and his oil and and, and the wine in this generation? Amen. How many know he's pouring out fresh oil, fresh wine on this generation? That's the part of the blessing of the Holy Ghost, amen. That's why Peter said it's not just for you, this is for generations to come. He's pouring out new wine on this generation, amen. Amen. Some of you I've known for a long time, and you were part of a movement way back in the the, the late 60s and then in the 90s. Amen. But how many know God's pouring out fresh oil today? God's pouring out new wine today. Amen. Amen. This army that God is gathering, they're not just an army that just kind of we're going to fight. No, they're the army that's full of the anointing, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the new wine. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is flowing in them. Amen. And then, of course, he says in verse 28 and 29, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And so to the young people today, I shared this on Thursday night, but I feel to share it again, amen. But God really is calling you, amen, like he's always done with young people All through history, all through history, God has used and called young people, amen. He didn't say that you've got to wait to a certain age and then I'll use you. Or you need to just wait your turn and then when you're 50, 40, whatever, then you can do something for me. How many know God has been using young people, amen, throughout all the generations? In fact, he loves to start moving on them at a young age, amen. He loves to see children prophesying, amen. Loves to see young people preaching, amen. And loves to see teenagers, amen, standing up in their generation boldly for the Lord, amen. amen. Let me just give you a list, amen. Joseph had the dream when he was a young teenager about what God was going to do in his life, and he sold into slavery at 17, and the process of that dream started at 17. Amen. There was a young girl by the name of Miriam. And at that time when when Egypt, uh, the uh, Pharaoh was killing all the young uh, babies, amen, she was able to hide her brother, her and her mother, hid her brother, put him in a basket. And Miriam, amen, made sure that basket found its way to safety. And not only, amen, would she had a part in playing and saving her brother's life, but amen, a part in saving the nation of Israel. Her brother was Moses, by the way, Amen. Miriam was just a young child when that happened. God used her, amen, as as a key in that story. Gideon was the youngest in his family. He came from a small farm town, and he was, amen, just a small town kid. And yet God said, you're a mighty man of valor at a young age. And he ended up leading the army of God, amen, to tremendous victory, even though they were outnumbered, amen. Just a young man, just a young man. Amen. Ruth was uh, widowed in her 20s. Amen. And here she found herself widowed in in a strange land. But God provided a husband, an inheritance for her broken family. And he blessed the rest of her days. Amen. Blessed the rest of her family. Amen. She did it at a young girl. Samuel was young when he heard God's voice for the first time amen, and, and, and then when he was called to be a prophet, a young man, when he just got a hold of the things of God, amen, in the house of God, David was anointed king around 17, and, and just a couple months later, he defeated Goliath, I think that's pretty good, amen, and if he was anointed king at 17, or around that time, and he said that I've killed a bear and a lion, that means probably by 15 or 16, he was killing bears and lions, isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? God was moving on him. The spirit of the Lord was moving on him at a young age. A young teenager, Solomon, began his reign around 20 years old. And he was the wisest and richest man even to today's standards. Amen. God called him. Josiah, at 8 years old, began to reign as king in, in Judah. And he was 26 years old when he discovered the purpose of God for his life. And he turned the nation around. The Bible says there hadn't been feast in Israel, amen, in the 500 years of the kings. There hadn't been one like him. And the Bible even says hadn't been one since. Like Josiah, 26 years old, moved on by God, amen. Isaiah was just a young man when he saw the Lord and touched by the fire of God and had a call to preach to his generation, amen. And possibly one of the most clear and definitive prophets about Jesus, amen, in the Old Testament, Amen? Esther was just a young girl, and, amen, she reversed a law that was intended to wipe out her people. God used her at a young age, amen, in the house of the king. We love that story about Esther, don't we? Amen. Jeremiah was 17 years old when God called him to be a prophet to the nations. Daniel was a young man when he was led into captivity, and he began to pray for the nation of Israel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were even younger than Daniel, and God used those young men to stand boldly in their day, and God turned the the king's heart around, Amen? Amen. Mary was just a young teenager. They say historians say she was uh, just a young teenager when she became pregnant with the promise of God, and God gave her that just that special encounter, and she had that privilege of carrying the Son of God. Isn't that awesome? You know, Jesus was twelve years old when he was so passionate about the the things of God. He was so captivated by the call of God in his life that he wasn't like you know running around with all the other kids and everything. In fact, the Bible says that he was astounding some of the greatest minds of his time at 12 years old because he was so locked in to the purpose of God at 12 years old, Amen? amen? And we know that the disciples were young and most of them weren't even old enough to pay taxes, amen? And yet here Jesus says, you're the ones, you're the apostles, you're the ones that are gonna start the church, the New Testament church, the Holy Ghost is coming on you and you're gonna preach to all the nations, amen? Young people. I mean, how do you know that? And then if you look at the Old Testament, some of the names that I said, didn't you know? They're in the lineage of Jesus. They're in the lineage of Jesus. Even Rahab, who some think that she was just a young girl or young in in her 20s. Amen. God saved her gloriously, and she helped the spies get into Jericho. Come on. God used her at a young age, and she was part of the lineage of Jesus. You know what that tells me? That tells me that if you sell out to God at a young age, God will make sure that you're part of a bigger picture, a greater picture than yourself that links other generations together. You have no idea what you're doing when you say yes to God. The people that you're impacting, the children that maybe you'll raise, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren that'll come after you that call God, amen, their Savior and their Lord, amen? call on the name of the Lord you have no idea we look at history and we just see that the early pioneers in this country were young the inventors and the abolitionists that changed history were young or at least started young God used them at a young age come on somebody amen but we also see this you also see that past empires and regimes and evil regimes focused on the youth didn't they Egyptians and Babylonians and Spartans and and Romans and even the Nazis focused on the children. Why? Because they knew that if we can get a hold of the seed, if we can get a hold of that generation, we can change the course of history. We can change the nation. Amen. Come on. And Joel is prophesying and saying, look, if you'll get together as the people of God and you'll come together as God's army, I'm going to change the course of history. I'm going to change your nation. Amen. For the glory of God. How many believe that with all their heart? Amen, come on, how many believe God's moving on this generation? How many young people, just lift your hand and say, God, move in my generation, move in my day, do a mighty thing in my day, in my life, amen? If you're a young person and you feel that way, amen, I just want you to stand on your feet. Come on, if you're a young person you say, God, move in my generation, I want you to do something amazing. Any teenagers, be willing to stand on your feet, anybody, amen? You're going to stand anyways, you might as well stand right now. Come on, you're willing to say that, God move in my generation. Come on, God move in my day, my generation. I'm concerned, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna carry the call of God in my generation. Come on, the rest of us, let's stand in support and saying we're, we're gonna say that God's gonna reach this generation like never before. Amen, God's gonna to touch this generation. God, because there's a blowing of the trumpet, there's a sounding of the alarm, there's a new sound coming, a new day that's happening in the church and it's not, amen, anything that looked like before but God's doing something new and fresh. Amen, because he's raising up an army of young people. How many believe that? I believe that. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that God is going to turn things around in our day. God's going to deliver young people that are under the spirit of confusion. Amen. The oppression of this culture that's coming on them. Did you know all the weight of of any culture comes on the youth of that generation? All of it comes on them, amen? But how many know God is gonna set these, gen- these people free? These young people that are under such bondage, the devil's coming after them, but how many know we're gonna see God turn this around and we're gonna have an army of young people who said we're coming after the lost? We're coming after this generation, amen? With not just, amen, just style and music, no, we're coming out with a message, amen? We're blowing a trumpet, we're sounding the word of God in our day in our generation. How many wanna see that in Jesus' name, Amen? Amen. You know, one of the things I thought about in closing is I thought if the world is getting so corrupt and vile, then I believe the church must get much more powerful and pure. Right. Amen? Come on. If the, if the, that's what we see in the book of Acts. That's how the Spirit of the Lord moves in the church. Every time you see that the culture gets more corrupt, the church gets more powerful. And the way that we're going to do that, I believe, is by raising up an army of young people who know their God and do mighty acts for him. Amen? And that's something we all carry. And so today we're going to carry that burden in prayer. We're going to pray for our young people. We're going to pray for this generation. We're going to pray for the young people. But before we do that, I just wanted to share a story that I thought about recently. I had the privilege at uh, 15 years old. I mean, my dad took me to Peru. I still talk about that. Love that. And I uh, went, went to Peru, Lima, Peru, with my dad. And that was the first trip really I think I went on overseas or international trip and uh, at that time I was just really confused um, all over the place searching um, just kind of lost really and I'll never forget you know those meetings so touched my life that I, I would say that it was at that time God began to really turn my heart around and you know later that year uh, got saved, and so I, I really felt like that was a key moment. But one of the things that happened at that at that trip is um, it was a Sunday morning, and we had been there for a conference, and I had befriended these two young men. One was sixteen, one was seventeen, and uh, they just really uh, welcomed me, and and uh, we hung out together, and they showed me town and everything, and they were really involved in their church, and these were good guys, man. These are godly kids, and one of the things that they do is on Sunday, every other Sunday, they would go to a boys' prison and they would minister. And they were only 16, 17 years old, and they'd go to this boys' prison. And they said, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I guess, whatever, I'll go. Anything to get out of church, right? And um, so my dad was, I don't know, I think now it's crazy. I, he let me go. I'm in Peru, and he's just like, yeah, you can go to some prison. I was like, eh, that's, I guess that's just my dad, right? You know, that's Pastor Wayne if you know him. Sure, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, so I went to this a prison. It was far away. It was down by the coast, and we took a bus to get there, and they carried a guitar. We got there, and the big doors, I mean, these big prison doors, guards everywhere, machine guns open up, and it's kind of like a big open courtyard, and that's where they had to wreck uh, their wreck area, and um, on the outside was all the housing, and there was open showers. It was just on the wall. There was no windows, no doors. Um, of course, there was barbed wire and everything else, and the guards everywhere, but here's all these teenage boys. I mean, they're just you know, in this prison and this young. And um, we went into this side room and uh, they started playing the guitar. And I was like, well, aren't we gonna like, you know, tell them we're here or anything? No, no, we'll just play, we'll, we'll, we'll sing. And they just started worshiping the Lord. And all these kids just started piling into this room. And this room got packed really quick. And these kids are singing and worshiping the Lord in this prison. And then they just give a simple gospel message. And kids are getting saved, young, young, just young teenagers are in this prison and they're just getting saved and I mean it just broke my heart and I'm just like God what am I doing with my life like these these kids are like 16 17 years old and they're like like shaking the nation I mean they're just like ministering already and and I'm wasting my time. I'm worried about where I'm going out Friday night and who I'm with and what music I'm listening to, what sneakers I'm wearing. And these kids are like fulfilling the purpose of God at 16 and 17 years old. Man, that made such, such an impact in my life, amen? Have you know, God is no respecter of persons. He wants to use everyone. He wants to use young people, amen, to go into the prisons, to go into the hospitals, amen, to go wherever in the schools and preach the gospel and see a mighty deliverance, amen? That's God's call, God's plan, amen? How many say, Lord, we're gonna pray for that today. We're gonna believe God that even the young people in this church are gonna get a hold of the call of God at a young age and they're gonna hear God speaking. They're gonna see God moving in their generation. They're gonna see the need and the brokenness and they're gonna wanna blow the trumpet, amen, in this generation. How many believe that today? Amen, let's pray today.